When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Here's what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove Podcast. We're talking NFL, giving you our picks for this week. College football in the playoffs as well as coaching changes and a little bit of college basketball as well. That's what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome into a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. I'm joined as I am normally by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. We've had a little cold snap here in Ohio, so I got a little cold, but doing okay. I look forward to talking some football and some sports tonight. Yeah, it'll be, uh, hopefully we can get through it, having some technical difficulties, but we'll we'll just uh, muscle on. Uh, one of the NFL teams that's not muscling on really anymore is the Houston Texans. Uh, first team officially eliminated out of the NFL playoff picture. Uh, still a few weeks to go, and they are the first team gone. Not a huge surprise, uh, but still an interesting note that even the one and ten and one Lions are not yet mathematically eliminated, but yet Houston sure is. And they're not a team really that you're looking at. I mean, they're not going to fire their coach after one season, are they? No, I, I wouldn't think so. Um, I, no, I, I don't think so. Um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, they're going to definitely have to get some more talent in there. And, um, I, you know, it, they don't have the draft pick, so it's going to be a little tough. Yeah. Speaking of teams that might fire their coach, Chicago, it's been rumored now for two weeks that Nagy's on the way out. Uh, that around Thanksgiving, they were talking about maybe firing him before Thanksgiving. He won on Thanksgiving, barely, and then uh, survived. And now this week they're playing against the Green Bay Packers. Are they just going to hold on to Nagy till the season's done, or are they going to fire him after this week? Well, I, I think it probably depends on the game. I think if they get blown – I think at any point they get blown out again. I mean, I don't think he's going to be the coach next year, I assume. He knows that. They know that. Um you know, what advantage of it, what advantage to the team is it to get rid of him, you know, before Black Monday? I don't know um, because, you know, in the pro ranks, you're not going to get another coach. And um, so, you know, one of the assistants is probably not going to take over there and they know the players anyhow. So uh, it's, it's it's kind of an up in the air thing. As far as fans are concerned, it'd probably be better to make the move. Um and then, you know, they get an early looking jump on the coaching thing. So, 
Yeah, I mean, got the former Colts head coach as the defensive coordinator. Uh, he did well in his time in Indianapolis. Obviously, eventually got fired, but I've got some experience there as well. And then it seems like the Bears are trying to, you know, as they always do, try to kind of say, no, we're behind our coach and we're here to support him and we believe in him and he's one of the bright minds and all this kind of baloney. But uh, at some point, you've got to realize we got Justin Fields. We got to do the most with it. And I think they need to fire GM and coach and kind of start fresh there in Chicago. That's at least my opinion, nonetheless. Uh, any other coaches on the hot seat that you can think of? I feel like some of the – Mike Zimmer seems to be the name that continues to pop up a little bit uh, as far as being a coach that might be on the hot seat. But he's got his team five and seven, second place in the division. Now, Green Bay can lock up the division this week, actually, with a win and a Minnesota loss. Um, but, uh, I said before the season, I thought Zimmer would, this would be his last year in Minnesota. Do you think he's on the hot seat? Uh, yes, I think, I mean, I think this will be his last year in Minnesota, unless they made an incredible run here, um, at the end of the year or enough to then say, well, we want to keep going with that. Cause Minnesota is kind of a mystery, um, keeping him to me, I think as long as they have. So, um, you know, you, you never know. As far as other coaches, I think it really depends what happens these last four or five weeks. Um, I've heard a lot of people up here in Cincinnati say they've got everything. The only question now is the coach. And, of course, if they finish up well, then I think there's no reason to think he can't do the job. But, um, again, you know, any team that would lose four out of these last five, the momentum's going the wrong way. Yeah, the Saints are on a massive losing streak, five straight games. But, of course, they've been without a solid quarterback since Jameis Winston went down. Uh, they are still technically in the race as well, at least the playoff race, probably not the division race. Uh, Seattle's the other guy, the team I look at. I think, man, is, it, is Pete Carroll's time come to an end in Seattle? Will they kindly part ways at the end of this season? There's already a lot of talk about Russell Wilson going to a new team. And he even said this week that he would waive his trade clause and he listed a few teams like the Giants, the Saints, and I forget the others that were on that list. But, uh, I mean, Denver was another name on that list. If Russell Wilson's going to leave, doesn't it make sense for Pete Carroll to leave too? I would think so, um, but you never know. He may say, hey, it's his system, and he can make it work uh, with somebody else. Whether Seattle would feel that way, I don't know. The last one I have, as far as the coaches go, is Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. It is, it's not only been a bad season, and you can expect that with a first year coach, a rookie quarterback, a, a team that was depleted anyhow. It's been an ugly season for Jacksonville. Uh, it's, it's not been good at all. It, I mean, what do you think are the chances Urban Meyer is the coach for the Jaguars next year? Um, I mean, it looks like he will be because, again, I don't know if you get rid of a first-year coach, but there's been so much other problems. I think, you know, the ownership, um, the the they'll just have to get a read on the players and the organization. There's been a lot inside that we don't know about, and um, I would think that decision's probably already been made. Um, but, you know, what it is, we don't really know. I mean, we're not in the locker room, so we don't know how the players feel about them. But everything that I can see, it, it's just not been good from the get-go. The assistant coaches haven't loved them. I don't think the players love them. Um, it's just kind of been a joke all season. I'm not sure that Urban Meyer survives. You know, maybe he plays the health card again as he did in Florida and in Ohio State, or maybe he, uh, you know, maybe the team says something. I don't know. But to me, I would be surprised, honestly, 
if Urban Meyer coaches Jacksonville next year. I, to me, it's not been a good thing, and they got to move on quickly and find something that will work with Trevor Lawrence uh, there as the kind of the key piece around that team. And they've been injured as well, but to me, it's been too ugly to see that continue. I think there's more hope in Houston than there is in Jacksonville right now, and that's a, a, a very negative thing on on Urban Meyer. There's a lot more in uh, hope in Detroit right now than there is in Jacksonville, and uh, and that should be a knock on Urban Meyer as well. Uh, we look at these divisions. New England leads one division. I, I can't believe it. I'm shocked. Not only do they lead the division, they lead the conference. I didn't see this one coming. I said they would win eight games. They've already won nine. How surprised are you about New England's resurgence back to the top in the AFC? Well, I mean, that's been a shock. Um, you know, everybody, I mean, I think I would have thought maybe they could make the playoffs or a wild card. You don't really know. But yeah, the fact that they've really come on, you know, they've got a defense courses plan. And um, the AFC, honestly, is not super strong this year in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, New England, it's going to be interesting to get to the playoffs. It's going to be like, wow, they may have to go through New England. Seven weeks ago, the Patriots were two and four. Now they sit at nine and four and completely turned around this season. What's going on with Buffalo? Um, I really thought they were going to be a legit team this yeah. year. They can't run the ball. It doesn't seem like worth anything. Um, I mean, is he going to click with them eventually, or is this going to be a really disappointing year for them? I think it's going to be a disappointing year, unfortunately. I've thought all along they were going to be the best team and they were going to get it going in the right direction. But, um, boy, that, you know, it's not been that way. And, um, I, I don't know. I mean, they'll definitely make the playoffs where they may even win the division, but I don't know that there's anybody that you think is going to necessarily win the AFC. New England's on a seven game win streak. Miami's on a five game win streak and they were a team that really started off. Uh, far worse than we expected them to. Now they're playing well. It seems like Tua has finally turned into a reasonable starting quarterback in the NFL. And I had my doubts about that coming into the season. They're six and seven. They're a game, uh, a game and a half, I guess, technically back from Buffalo, three games back from New England. But they could be in the playoff race right now. Uh, do you think Miami is a legit threat to make the playoffs this year? Yes. I mean, looking at the other teams in the AFC and looking at the way they've played, uh, of course, they're on the bye this week, so they come off that and, um, you know, should be in good shape to make a run here at the end. It sure looks that way anyhow. Yeah, right now, if the playoffs were to start, it would be the Patriots, the Bills, the Ravens, the Bengals, the Titans, the Chiefs, and the tiebreaker between the Chargers and Colts uh, to get in. Uh, right now. So that's, that's where it's at. But Miami's just right outside of that. Uh, Vegas and Denver are right outside of that. Pittsburgh and Cleveland are right outside of that. Uh, it's going to be a rat race here to the end in the AFC. I still think Kansas City is the team to watch for in the AFC. They're sitting at eight and four. They're on a five game win streak as well. It seems like Kansas City's back. Uh, we are Andy Reid fans, but, uh, do you think Kansas City could make a run to the Super Bowl again this year? I mean, I think so, based on what is there in the AFC, and they're they're playing well, uh, seem to be going in the right direction. So um, I think it would be a great chance for them at least to get to the AFC championship game. Speaking of win streaks, the Washington football team, they're now at 6-6 six and six after a four-game win streak. They play Dallas this week. We'll talk about that more in a few minutes. But, uh, uh, you know, Dallas, I think Dallas is the team in the East, but it seems like Washington and Philadelphia, they're not quite done yet. Yeah, they really hang around, and that's kind of surprising. But I think Dallas is probably too far ahead 
uh, to get caught. But yeah, when Washington went on this streak, and just when you think, you know, it's Philadelphia, it's the hardest team to figure out. You just don't know. But all of a sudden, then they win another one and they're back in it. So if Dallas went on a little bit of a skid, but it, it'd be them letting people back in it. Yeah, Philadelphia wins this last week with Gardner Minshew as their starting quarterback. I put a poll out, and I would like to get your thoughts on this this week. Uh, who will Gardner Minshew play quarterback for next season? I listed four teams, the Eagles, the Steelers, the Lions, the Texans. Uh, you could insert another team if you think there's a better fit for them. But where do you think Minshew will be next season? Well, um, of those teams, I think probably – if he ends up one of those teams, it would probably be Houston. To me, a team that ought to look at him would be Pittsburgh. I agree with you. I think Pittsburgh makes the most sense uh, for Gardner Minshew. I think that uh, there's potential there that he is a good fit there. He's shown that he can win some football games, that he plays hard, and uh, you put him in a system that he can succeed. The pollsters uh, said 32% of our pollsters said the Eagles, 30% said Pittsburgh, 24% said Houston. 14% said Detroit, and then we had one person comment in that they thought the Giants would be a good fit uh, there for Gardner Minshew. Uh, let's talk about the Giants real quick, Dad. Uh, Daniel Jones, he's injured, but uh, do you see Daniel Jones as being the guy in New York, or do you think they have to go find another quarterback? Um, well, I don't think he's proved this year that he's the guy. I think he may still have potential. They may still stay with him. And when you, I first heard about the poll, the Giants was the first team that came to my mind about Gardner Minshew um, in some ways. But um, I think Daniel Jones is still going to get a good shot at it. Whether he's the guy or not, I don't know. Yeah, I, to me, he fits a fan base like Pittsburgh or Cleveland more so than he fits a fan base like New York. Now, that's not to say he couldn't make it happen, but uh, nonetheless, that's that's an area that I kind of look at and go, you know, where does he fit? They fit in Jacksonville pretty well, actually. <laughs> they got the first overall pick. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see kind of if he gets an opportunity to, to – take a chance at starting next year. So we've talked about it. There's not a great draft class when it comes to quarterbacks this year. And so maybe, just maybe, we're looking at Gardner Minshew starting again next year. Maybe New Orleans. I don't know. There are all kinds of spots uh, available for him as well. Uh, Tampa's making the run in the, in the NFC as well. They're uh, currently behind Arizona, tied with Green Bay. Uh, who's the best team in the NFC as it sits today? Um. I mean, again, I'd be a little prejudiced, but Green Bay is playing as well as anywhere. Um, the, the, obviously, Arizona is ahead, but we'll find out something this week in their game, I think, uh, with the Rams. Um, Tampa's right there. Just when you think they're going to lose another game, they pull it out. Um, you know, in some ways, I wouldn't be surprised if the NFC Championship is a rematch of last year. Yeah, I agree with that. Tampa... Uh, I think Tampa and Green Bay are the most solid teams right now. Arizona has some great talent. I just don't trust a number of things about them. Don't trust their head coach. I don't trust that Kyler Murray can stay healthy enough to, to finish out the playoffs as well. Dallas is another team that I've been saying all year is a legit threat, but I still put Tampa and Green Bay above them as well. Dad, I got one hot take for you. I've not shared this. Well, I've shared it on Twitter, but nobody seemed to notice. So I was going to share it with you and get your thoughts this Sunday. The New York Giants starting quarterback is going to be Jake Fromm, the Georgia graduate uh, who's kind of bounced around on practice squads and things like that since coming in. 
when he was drafted, he was drafted in the same draft as Jalen Hurts. When he was drafted, I said he'll get drafted late in the draft, but he could have a solid NFL career. I think Jake Fromm comes into New York and wins an opportunity to compete for the starting job next year there for the Giants. I think Fromm is that good of a quarterback, and I think he has a legit opportunity, although he's new to the Giants, so he's going to be rough rough in that, that degree. I think Fromm's a good enough quarterback that just maybe – he shines well enough to get an opportunity to, to fight for a starting job next year. Your thoughts on my take on Jake Fromm? I think you could be right about that. He has oh. ability, and I think Giants is a place where, again, if he could shine here for a game or two, he definitely would be a guy they would have to have a take a look at next year. So that's, that's very interesting that he's a guy whose name's come up again all of a sudden. Yeah, I, I'm a big Jake Fromm fan. Uh, I think when I look at college football quarterbacks who win games, to me it doesn't make any sense why anybody would be would think that they're going to fail. Uh, that's not to say they're going to be perfect, right? Jalen Hurts, he won a lot of college football games, and so for that reason I had some confidence that he could be successful in the NFL. Um, to me, Jake Fromm, with what he did in college, proved and he played in a pro-style offense. I think Jake Fromm has what it takes, and just maybe – Jake Fromm starts to steal a job in New York, at least for this season, and then has an opportunity to compete next year as well. All right. That's the hottest take that I've had in quite some time. Uh, so hopefully people enjoy that. And uh, we'll see if that stirs some conversation. Uh, let's get to our picks, Dad. Uh, I had a good week this week, four and two. Uh, two weeks ago, we both had great weeks. Uh, this week, Dad, I just feel it. We're gonna have we're both gonna have great weeks again this week. Uh, let's go with your first game and your your pick six here on the sports stove. Yeah, when I looked at these games, I boy, if we have a great week this week, I'll be a little surprised. But you never know. When you're going with your gut, maybe I'll get them all. First one, um, and I really thought about this because of the point spread, but I'll take Green Bay, even though it's twelve point five over Chicago. The last time these two teams played, Aaron Rodgers said, "I." own you uh, to the Chicago fan base. Uh, this game is is going to be a great game. They did not flex it out, even though the Bears uh, have been really bad. Where, what, uh, let's see. That game is on Sunday night, right? Yeah, Sunday night game. Uh, they did not flex it out, even though the Bears have been horrible. And I think one of the reasons why is because of how good the Packers have been playing offensively and defensively. It looks like Jared Alexander returned to practice this week. Um, maybe we'll play this weekend. But either way, I think Rodgers comes out to prove that he does own the Chicago Bears this week. I'm with you on this one. I was hesitant, but I picked the Green Bay as well uh, at 12.5-point favorites over Chicago. Um, All right, game number two. Okay, a little bit of a long shot, but I'm going to take the Jets and the points against New Orleans. (laughs) Dad, we're thinking alike this week. I'm with you 100% on this one. I as well take the Jets. They're plus five underdogs against New Orleans. I don't trust the New Orleans quarterback situation. They've not been great this year. Of course, the Jets have not been great either, but we like the coaching staff. We believe in what they're doing, and uh, and we think that they're going to get better and better as the season goes on. They still might end the season with only six wins or five wins, but I think this is one that they could possibly sneak out and win, but definitely get within five points. So I went with the Jets as well uh, in this game against New Orleans. New Orleans is a team I just don't, I don't really trust at all. They're five and seven on the year. And like I said, you know, Taysom Hill had that injured finger this last week. I just, I'm out on the Saints for this season at the very least. All right. So we're, we're there. We got the same picks. Green Bay minus 12 and a half. The Jets plus five. Who's game number three? 
I'm going to take an underdog again. I don't think they'll win, but I think the, the, they'll cover the points, and it's Detroit against Denver. All right. Again, we are thinking alike this week. This may be a bad sign. I as well went with Detroit. They're eight-and-a-half-point dogs against Denver. Uh, Detroit is a uh, definitely someone that uh, has found success covering the spread this year. They've had a lot of big spreads that have had a hard time keeping up and, and, uh, you know, they've been, they've been at least losing close. And I think eight points against Denver is a game that we'll definitely have to look into as well. Uh, dad, we're getting a little glitchy on your end. You might have to switch your cameras over, um, just for a second here. Um, and while he's doing that, I'll kind of recap what's been going on so far. We've got green Bay, uh, both of us have picked Green Bay, minus 12.5-point favorites over Chicago on Sunday night. We both picked the New York Jets. They are five-point dogs against New Orleans. And we both picked Detroit at 8.5-point dogs against Denver. Uh, both the Jets and the Lions have had issues. Let's get this switched around. Uh, all right. Both the Jets and the Lions have had issues with uh, – um, you know, winning games, <laughs> but uh, I like I like both of these spreads. I think there's enough points there that gives us the option to go with them. All right, game number four. So far, we picked the same three games. Game number four. The next one, I honestly looked at it and could have picked either team, but I'm going to take and the underdog, but just by a little bit, Cincinnati over San Francisco. All right, Cincinnati, and they're what one point or one and a half? One and I got a half. One and a half. One-and-a-half-point dogs uh, to San Francisco. I stayed away from this game. I don't like San Francisco. I do like Cincinnati, but this one scares me. I stayed away from this one. Cincinnati is the one-and-a-half-point underdog, so Dad goes with them at home against San Francisco this week. It's a big game for Cincinnati. Uh, A win here keeps them in the race for the division and kind of solidifies them as a legit threat in the AFC, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah, it's a big game for them. And it's a big game for San Francisco. It looked like they were back in the news and last week really hurt them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see here. My fourth game is uh, I'm going to go with Las Vegas. They're nine and a half point dogs against Kansas City. I think Vegas can keep it uh, within nine and a half points. I think Kansas City wins this game. And honestly, there's a good chance Kansas City blows them out. <laughs> but I'm going to go nine and a half point dog Vegas. Uh, against Kansas City. Any thoughts on that game? Yeah, that one scared me a little bit because the, the spread is high, but I do think Kansas City could win it. Like you said, they could cover it, so I stayed away from that one. All right, who's your fifth game? I'm going to go ahead and take Tampa or Buffalo. Um, I think Tampa, like I said, is playing well, and uh, Buffalo's struggling, and I think this is in Tampa. So, um, anyhow, I, I, I picked Tampa on the points over Buffalo. I almost went there. I did. I stayed away from this game. Tampa, three-and-a-half-point favorite uh, against Buffalo. To me, it's, it's just kind of one of those games where Buffalo, they've played – the good games they've had this year have been against some decent teams. And I feel like Buffalo so desperately needs to have a good game uh, that maybe this is the week where all of a sudden they show out again and we're sitting there going, boy, what a phenomenal – effort you know and buffalo comes out and blows them out or something like that so i stayed away from it if i was gonna pick it i would pick tampa as well i'm a little bit more confident tampa could win would win this game but i'm afraid that buffalo might click and the next thing you know uh take off from there uh let's see here my fifth game is dallas minus four against washington i think dallas is the best team in the division 
Even though Washington's had a great run, I think Dallas wins this game. I think they win it by more than a field goal. So I took Dallas minus four. I know you've been so reluctant to get on the Dallas train to consider them as legitimate team in the NFC. Um, what are your thoughts on Dallas versus Washington? Well, the fact that it's a big rival, I almost picked that one, but it's such a big rivalry. Um, you know, that's a game where Washington is going to, you know, really rise up, and it's at Washington, I believe. So um, that's why I stayed away from that. Yeah, I, I just at the end of the day, I look at the talent levels on the team, and I just think Dallas is too good. They should be getting healthy about now as well. So uh, that's why I went there. All right, who's your last game? All right, that was a big point spread, and it's a real Jekyll and Hyde team, but I'm going to take the Chargers over the Giants with the 10 points. 10 points. Uh, goodness. I have made a decision. I refuse to pick the Chargers the rest of the season. Um, <laughs> they have let me down too many times this season. They should be good. They're playing against a bad team in the Giants. But, of course, Jake Fromm's here to save the day. Um, I did definitely stayed away from this game. And if for no other reason than I just don't trust the Chargers. I, I trust that they can beat the Giants. I don't trust that they can I'm scoring by 10. I wouldn't be surprised if the final score is 10 to 3. So um, that's interesting. Interesting thought. My last game, Dad, is with the old faithful, uh, and that is Atlanta. Two and a half point dogs to Carolina this week. Um, I've, I've had some good weeks with Atlanta, and I'm going to stick with them this week. It's on the road in Carolina. Uh, Carolina just fired their offensive coordinator at the end of the bye week as opposed to the beginning of the bye week. Uh, we'll talk about that more when we get to college football. But, uh, yeah, they were on bye for a whole week, and they fired him at the end of that bye week. So I don't know what happened or what the, the thinking was there. I just don't think Carolina comes out and plays well. They're already down Christian McCaffrey as well. I think Atlanta – is gonna is gonna be able to beat them. It may not be by a lot of points, but with it only being a two and a half point spread, I decided to go with Atlanta uh, there. Any thoughts on that game, Atlanta Carolina? Uh, that was another one I looked at very seriously, but again, it just scared me because both those teams you don't know. Just when you think Carolina's out of it, they could all of a sudden play well, and Atlanta has played better than we thought. But again, you know they're not all that good either, so that one worried me a little bit. Yeah, I can understand it. I, I, Atlanta's one of those teams that I've kind of had been overly confident about this season. Uh, they're not great by any stretch of the imagination, but I just uh, I feel like they can score enough uh, there. And, and I really need Pitts to have a good game in fantasy football. I'm kind of tired of him underperforming each week as well. Um, all right, any other thoughts NFL-wise before we jump over to college football? No, it's going to be a good stretch run here in the last five games. I think it's going to be crazy when you get down to the playoffs trying to get the wild cards. There's really going to be a lot of them. Um, probably get into tiebreakers. And I think even the order for the division winners is going to stay right up to the end. At least it sure looks that way. We'll see here in a couple of weeks. Uh, and, of course, it all depends on injuries. But you get teams that are getting healthier. And um, so we'll see. All right, let's make the transition out of college football as we're heading into bowl season. But you can't get into bowl season until first you have the Army Navy game. Uh, Army eight and three on the season. Navy three and eight on the season. A three o'clock kickoff this Saturday. Any uh, predictions or thoughts on Army Navy? 
Now, it's been interesting for years. Navy just controlled that. And in the last few years, Army's been better. And, of course, they got a really good team this year. So it's a lot of, you know, a lot of tradition, a lot of peasantry. And really, who the records and whose favor doesn't matter sometimes a whole lot in that, unless the talent's really lopsided. So uh, it should be interesting. It's always fun to watch. It is. It's a it's a fun experience. I try to get my kids to sit down for a few minutes and watch the pregame and the early early goings of that game as well, uh, for sure. Uh, college football playoffs. We have the final four set: uh, Alabama versus Cincinnati, Michigan versus Georgia. Uh, these matchups make sense as far as how the season ended and everything like that as well. Do you have any disagreement with the rankings one through four? No, not really, because it doesn't really matter who two and three is since they play with play each other uh, from there. So, no, it doesn't. And I, it's interesting. I wonder how the NCAA feels about this because I really want to expand the playoffs. Uh, but this time there wasn't any controversy. Like I said, it, there really wasn't much question of who the top four was. But I think everybody thinks there's other teams. So if there were more teams to play in a playoff, nothing saying that, um, you know, some other team wouldn't, you know, get the championship. But, um, yeah, it, 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 it'll be interesting on, on this one in some ways. I'm glad Cincinnati got in. Uh, you know, can they play with Alabama? Probably not. Uh, if we're going to catch Alabama, it's going to be on, on a game like that. But, you know, Alabama is just awfully strong. And um be interested to see how Georgia, if they can bounce back from that and how they play against Michigan. All right, let's start with Alabama Cincinnati. Alabama's 13 point, 13 and a half point favorites as a kit sits currently. I don't think there's anybody outside of the University of Cincinnati that believes Cincinnati can run with Alabama. Um, I think Cincinnati's a good team, but when it comes to matching up against an SEC power like Alabama or Georgia, I would think it's really hard to find someone who truly believes Cincinnati can win this game. Uh, that being said, do you think Cincinnati can look respectable in this game against Alabama? Um, I, you know, I don't know. Most teams have not been able to look respectable against Alabama. Once they get rolling, the only way it could be is if they get a lead and uh, just stay really, really close. Um, once, once they get 10, 14 points behind, you know, the time, you know, just gets rolling and it's all over with. And that's what could easily happen to Cincinnati. But Cincinnati's got everything in their corner as far as we're the underdog. Nobody thinks we can do it. And they have absolutely nothing to lose. Yeah, I don't think they fear Alabama. I just don't think the talent <laughs> matches up. Um, so I think Alabama wins that game convincingly. Georgia-Michigan, on the other hand, will be a really interesting game. Georgia, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. That surprises me. I thought that, that line would be closer. Uh, Michigan's had a, a great season this year. They've not played great necessarily every game, but they have had a really good year, 12-1 and one on the year. Georgia was undefeated until that game against Alabama. It didn't look good against Alabama, but I think they overcome that here. I think there's a really good chance we're looking at Alabama, Georgia in the national championship, um, uh, which I'm not sure there's a ton of people excited about that outside of Alabama and Georgia fans, maybe some SEC fans, but um, I don't know. What's the chance? I mean, seven and a half points is what is what Vegas is saying. What's the chance Michigan has to beat Georgia? Um, again, I think Georgia has the better team. Um, like I said, you know, I, I think it's, it'd be interesting to see how they recover from the lost Alabama, but I think they have the motivation that, Hey, 
we can play him one more time. We can get one more shot at him. So um, I think Georgia will win, but Michigan, Michigan has played well. So um, it, it, that that would be a fun game to watch. Yeah, yeah, it will be for sure. Uh, let's talk about some of the uh, changes going on uh, for the college football coaches. We've seen a number of changes already. Oklahoma announced that it was hiring uh, Clemson defensive coordinator Brent Venables, uh, Venables, excuse me, and he's bringing over the Ole Miss offensive coordinator Jeff Lebby as well with him. Uh, Miami hires in the Oregon coach and um, Cristobal kind of surprises me. Uh, Cristobal has those ties with Miami, so that makes sense. But and Oregon's a good job. That one, that one kind of surprised me there as well. And then Clemson looks like they're going to lose another top assistant, Tony Elliott. The offensive coordinator looks to be heading to Virginia, possibly, as the new head coach. That one's not finalized uh, yet there. Um, so a lot of movement you know, taking place right now. Has there been any anyone that surprised you the most of these college football hires? Um, no, I mean, I think the, the OU thing made a lot of sense there. I think the Miami thing did because of the tie. Now you got the Oregon job, which is a good job. So who's going to go to that? And, and you know, what, what, what hole is that going to leave there? So, uh, you know, the shakeup's not quite done yet. Um, uh, when it's with assistance moving, it's not as big a deal. And you knew Dabo Sweeney was going to lose his assistance at some point in time. He's done a great job at holding on to him and keeping things there. But um, it'll be interesting to see how Clemson does too. But I think I think they'll be in good shape. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they just promote people into the coordinator jobs or if they bring anybody in. Yeah, Brent Venables has been mentioned as a head coaching candidate for several years now. Um, has a lot of respect in the recruiting world as well. You look at uh, guys that are changing jobs, looking for offensive coordinators. We talked about it earlier. Joe Brady fired from the Carolina Panthers, won the national championship with LSU. It makes sense for him to go back to college, doesn't it? Um, yes, it does. I think it probably does. But, um, you know, we'll see where, see where he ends up. Um, you just talked about an opening at offensive coordinator of a guy that went to OU. Uh, that one would make a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely. There's there's some opportunities out there. You know, who does Oregon bring in? Um, I think the name Urban Meyer has to be on the table for Oregon, but I don't know that he would go. I don't know if they would want him with some of the baggage that he brings as well. Um, maybe Joe Brady gets the interview for a head coaching job at Oregon. I don't know. Um, but there, it'll be interesting to see where they go and continuing to fill those spots that open up there as well. Dad, I was looking through. I didn't have a chance to go back and listen, uh, but I looked through the our college preview episodes and to look at over-under win totals, a couple to bring out that um, we did well on and missed on as well. And the ACC, we nailed the over with Wake Forest and NC State, uh, said that they would go over their win total. They did. I uh, kind of blew it with Louisville and Miami, <laughs> both of those. Uh, I thought that they would go under. They did not. Um, or excuse me, I was right on those. I was right on Louisville and Miami going under. And then I was wrong on Pitt. Pitt really surprised me in the ACC. I didn't see that one coming this year um, at all. And, of course, they they rise up to the top of the ACC this season. Um, on the Big 12, I nailed the over on Oklahoma State, but I missed sorely on Baylor and Iowa State. I was high on Iowa State. Both of us were high on Iowa State. I remember um, Baylor, they were picked to be towards the bottom of the Big 12 this year, and they end up 
uh, jumping up there as well. Uh, Big 10, I was right on Rutgers. Uh, they went over, and I was right on Penn State. They went under. I was a very uh, doggish about how, how Penn State was going to go under this year, but I missed a bunch of Big 10 picks. Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, uh, I missed on, on all of those as well. Pac-12, I was right on Oregon and Utah saying they'd go over. I was wrong on Washington. Colorado was the team I kind of am bummed that I missed on. I, I picked them to go over. They did not uh, as well. And then the SEC, I was right on Georgia, Tennessee, and South Carolina. I was also right on the under for Auburn. But I missed a bunch in the SEC too. Florida, Kentucky, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. I was way off on. You thought that they would be good. I thought they would be bad. Uh, and then Arkansas as well had a great season. I didn't expect that. Do you remember any of your picks from the uh, college win totals? No, um, I was kind of like you. Uh, I didn't do good at all in the, in the um, Big Ten. And, um, you know, some of them I hit on and some of them um, I down the line in the other one. So I, I didn't necessarily keep good records of where I was with the over uh, and unders. But some of them, you know, like I said, Tennessee did do better. And we hoped that would be the case. You know, Ole Miss did a lot better than we thought they would do. Um from the Kentucky did a lot better than I thought they would do. And um, I, I was looking at, you know, we had the Vanderbilt category and uh, it was interesting. And I had South Carolina in that. And I, I couldn't believe when I read the paper, South Carolina's in a bowl. Yeah. Every SEC team with the exception of Vanderbilt is bowl eligible this year. Wow. <laughs> Six wins for every SEC team with the exception of Vanderbilt. Yep, that's that's a crazy stat there for you. Um, and Vanderbilt solidified why we have the Vanderbilt bracket, and that's why we didn't call it the Vanderbilt-South Carolina bracket because only Vanderbilt belongs that's in right. that bracket uh, there. So now you know for next year not to make that mistake again. Uh, let's close it out by talking uh, college basketball. Currently, Purdue Sits at number one, Baylor at number two. Both teams undefeated, moving up. Duke with a one loss. Now Gonzaga, two losses. That's kind of surprising. Alabama's making a run up the board right now, sitting at number nine in the AP poll as well. What are your early season thoughts when it comes to college basketball? Well, I've kept up on it a little bit. It was interesting about Alabama because I think we would have thought they were going to be good, and then they struggled a little bit early. But, you know, beating Gonzaga, that's that's all you need to do out there. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting. Tennessee has looked good. Um, you know, has not won all the games, but I think they have um, real potential. Um be interesting. Um, you know, Purdue is, has a great team. Seems like they always have good teams. Um I think I saw where it was the first time they've been they've been number one, and um, at least in a long time. And um, so, yeah, I, I think we're set for some good college basketball and some good teams, and we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, Alabama lost back on Thanksgiving to Iona. Rick Patino came to town, and actually they went to Iona and got beat there. But yeah, you're right, winning a game like they did against. Uh, Gonzaga definitely helps them. Next up for them is Houston. And then Memphis. I don't know if you followed anything about Memphis. Here in Lexington, uh, the fans love to bust on Penny Hardaway. He has a lot of trash talk and yet uh, seems to fail miserably so far as a head coach at Memphis. Um, they have one of the top recruiting classes in the nation. It's not looking good for Penny Hardaway to this point this season. Huh. Uh, interesting. I had a look. I said, I know Memphis, you know, you seem like could recruit very well. 
Yeah, yeah, he can recruit. That's not the problem. Or he's paying. I'm not sure exactly how it's working. He's got the players, just he doesn't know how to coach, apparently. Uh, okay. Uh, any other teams that just stand out to you? I know you mentioned a few there already. Purdue being at number one. I don't assume that that'll last all season, but, hey, you never know. Um, Baylor has been good the last couple of years, so they should stay up there. UCLA has some veteran players there as well. Kentucky, you know, they're just playing. They're, they're kind of through their cupcake season now. There's cupcake schedule. They got Notre Dame on Saturday, Ohio State uh, the next Saturday, Louisville the next Wednesday, and then they get into their SEC play with only one more non-conference game against Tubby Smith and High Point uh, there around New Year's. So uh, we'll we'll know a lot more about Kentucky basketball here in the coming weeks now as they start playing legitimate contenders versus the uh, the easy teams there as well. All right, Dad, here we go. We're setting up for Jake Fromm Sunday, uh, and uh, we'll get to see how everything shakes out there with uh, the New York Giants and Jake Fromm. We've got our picks in this week as well. Got some college football and basketball talked about. And uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, Should be Thursday night and excited to bring you the new episode. Don't forget about our Wednesday local hour episodes. They're out Wednesday morning. And uh, this past week we had on UFC heavyweight uh harry hunsucker he fights on december the 18th against justin taffa and uh, he lives down the road from me we had him on for the third time i uh, came on and chatted with us about that fight and uh, then we also talked with a defensive line coach from eku jeremy hawkins he was just named to the afca's best 35 under 35 coaches um and uh, so that's an exciting thing for him as well so make sure you tune into those things follow us on twitter and instagram at sports stove you can find us on youtube the sports stove podcast thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's episode or today's episode whenever you're listening to it of the sports stove podcast until next time we'll see you around the sports stove